Hey y'all, listen, it's time we stop playing it small, but it's also time for real conversations like the ones we used to have until 3 a.m. with our besties in the Taco Bell parking lot collide with the real people full of perspective on topics that are, well, maybe uncomfortable, but the ones that make it preach to those who need it. So come on, come have a seat with me. After all, I'm still the same OG. Hey, 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 I'm back. And what I've realized is that every episode, I have said thank you. But y'all already know at this point, I am grateful that you have stuck around. We are on episode five and I am so excited because now I get to start telling you all the guts and bones and we start getting into a whole lot of other things. But I had to honor Jay in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I needed you to know the story. I need you to know how we got here. I need you to know the details because the details matter. And so I'm your host, (laughs) G. I mean, you know that by now. And I'm going to jump right into this because I titled this Till Death Do Us Part. So listen, a fairy tale isn't considered a fairy tale, especially when you get to like live it out loud. It's, it's different. It's a story. And I understand that some people don't get to tell the story. However, there are people like me that actually get to have a fairy tale that somehow ends in a way that you never expect it to. It disrupts your life. It disrupts your soil. It feels like it disrupts your ground. But as I've been walking through this journey, I've understood that actually the ground has to be disrupted if you're going to till it. If you want new fruit to grow, you have to till the ground and you have to align the things to go the right way. And here's what I've learned. Everything that you touch will impact your story. And so I want to get into this last portion segment. Because today is our date. Every Friday, I will be dropping a new podcast episode just for you guys. It won't always be about Jay, but it'll be always about Jay. The lessons that he taught me, the things that we've learned, the people that I've gotten to know and do life with because of him. But also the things about me are about to be unfolded. So here's how this is going to go. Grab a pen. I want you to write down some vows because here are the vows that I took that day. I, Janelle, take thee to have and to hold from this day forward for better and for worse, for richer and for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, 
till death do we part. And so I came to drop some knowledge and more life lessons, as Jay and I called them. It's easy to say your wedding vows when you start with, I, Janelle, take thee, to have and to hold. It sounds so good. It's so beautiful and so bright and vibrant. And the last line says, till death do we part. And most of the time, people say that line so fast because you know it's the last line of the vow. Till death do we part. Even the officiant says it fast. But on February 19th, when my sister, Tony, walked into the house and she hugged me and we laughed about something else because people just didn't understand how if anyone needed to be at my house that day, I needed it to be her. Because when people do life with you, when they get in the trenches with you for the good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. You give them the space to show up for you. And I have clinged to her words every day since she said them. She said, I know I don't have any words to say that could bring back your baby but sissy, I have wrestled with what do I go and tell my sister? Because if it were me, I'd be falling apart. But she said this so beautifully. And I genuinely looked at her probably like a deer in headlights because I was still really out of it. But I heard every word that she said because it pierced my heart with so much truth. And as crazy as it sounds with so much peace that I had actually finished something in my life and she said you want to know the crazy blessing through all of this the crazy part is that at 35 years old you can truthfully go tell the world it is possible to have a marriage that is genuine that is true And that you can live fully honoring every word of that vow and see it change your life. And from that day to this, when I quickly, once I kind of found my bearings on what normal life needed to look like, I remember going to look up the vows because I'm like, I don't even remember what the heck they were. I just remember till death do we part. And I wrote them down. And I questioned if everyone who said these vows once, twice, three times, however many times they've been married, If the words had been positioned differently, would they so freely throw them away? What do you mean, G? 
If the pastor or the officiant got up and said, do you have the rings? Take this ring and put it on the middle finger or the ring finger, I'm sorry. But repeat after me. What if they said it like this? I state your name, take thee. Till death do we part to cherish and to love in health and in sickness for poorer and for richer for worst and for better from this day forward to hold and to have. If you had to say the words like that, would you really honor the vow that you said? Because see, if you start with death rather than to have and to hold, you would value what you said a little bit different. I remember that day that I got married, my best friend Tasha, (laughs) we jokingly called each other thugs because neither one of us was really ready to settle down. And I always told her that she would definitely be the first one to get married because if I had to get married, that means kids were coming and I didn't want kids. So therefore, there was no purpose for me to get married anytime soon. But I remember her saying as we sat in what we call the bird's nest at our church, which is just the camera view, but nobody can see you. She grabbed my hand and she said, baby, listen. I pray that before the day ends, that you will love that man the way that he loves you. I didn't understand what she meant that day. And I remember snarkily saying, girl, bye, I do love this dude. Clearly, I'm the one in the wedding gown. But two years ago, when Jay and I had to sit down at our kitchen table and have that hard conversation, of what we were gonna do, how we were gonna maneuver, and where we wanted to go, and how we were gonna understand life, and the journey that we were gonna have to take if the doctor said yes to more medicine or no to nothing because our faith had done enough meaning that our faith had kept us strong enough to say, God, your will be done. I just have to believe that on February 19, when God allowed me to understand till death do I part, that it was in that moment that I got to love and to cherish because of the sickness and in health that John made me richer even if I had to become poorer, for worse and for the better, that from that day forward, I had to hold and have him because I, Janelle, took a vow where the details of life mattered, but also where the wealth of my possessions became abundance 
and that an experience that I never thought that I was going to ever have to deal with at such a young age would be the story that I went and told people to give them hope and to understand that life is truly but a vapor. And that the reality of who we were supposed to be when we make commitments and vows, whether they're relational or platonic, here is what I know to be true. I said this on my sister, Dr. Candace Johnson's podcast. You can go listen to that episode. It's called um, The Vision Speak Podcast. I think it's on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you probably can find a podcast. But there are vows that you make with your words. And I wonder if every time we told someone that we were going to be somewhere, or every time we told someone, I'm here if you need me, call me if you need help. If we add it till death do we part, if that would change how we responded to the words that we said to them. I wonder what it would be like if every time we question someone's motives, even if they did them with a pure heart, if we add it, well, till death do us part, would we stay angry? What are the details of the things that you have vowed to someone? Because, see, I remember a day at 16 years old, literally in a Taco Bell parking lot at 3 a.m. A group of friends and I sat there and we were chit-chatting kind of like what we're doing right now here. And I remember saying, man, y'all, what's going to happen when we 35? We all going to have kids? We're going to be married? We're going to be, mm, we're going to be good. And I remember my cousin saying, I don't know. I just want to make sure that we still got each other. That no matter what happens, that we all still here, we all still got each other's back, but yeah, that we're thriving. It's funny how at 16, you say words like that, hoping that you make it to 35, hoping that you still got each other, but not understanding that even though you didn't say, I vow to, to, to keep those words, because you spoke them, they became a vow in the atmosphere. And every day we wake up in this world vowing to love people, things, money. And yet we waste them. We throw them away as if, well, we have tomorrow. Not understanding that just like that, 
the very thing that you said you wanted was now gone. It was now over. It was now a disappointment. What if you showed up to that job tomorrow or on Monday morning with a new perspective of the contract that you signed as an employee to show up every day with a good attitude, with a sincere heart, to respect and honor and value your coworkers, your boss, your CEO, regardless of how they respond to you, to that mom, what if you showed up after school with a special treat, no matter how hard your kid's week was because you promised them on Monday that on Friday you were going to show up to the school with special treats? Would you change the way you spoke to your children? To the wife who your husband has cheated. And I know this, I told y'all this is going to get real, real. So before y'all come after me and judge me, go judge your mom. But I want you to think about this. To the woman whose husband has cheated. Not physically abused you. But who has cheated on you? Who has cut you in places that are just beyond your belief? Does that still change the vow that you made to him? You know, the one where you said, for better or for worse, to love and to cherish from this day forward. To the husband whose wife isn't sexing you enough, who isn't passionate enough, who doesn't dream the way that you dream. Remember when you said for richer and for poor to love and to cherish from this day forward. See, we live in a Burger King world where we want it our way right now. We're willing to sacrifice the vow and eliminate the details for the simple pleasures of, well, I only live once. Well, it's my turn now. And don't hear what I'm not saying. Everyone deserves to have that fairy tale. Everyone deserves to know that it's possible. But for all of us that have already made a vow, are we really ready to disrupt the soil? To dig up all of the junk. To start back at our root system. To fertilize the ground. To plant a new seed. 
where the details really do matter, where the details really will cost you something, where you will have to really sit down and practice and understand that the vow that you made is truly impacting everything about the story that you'll have to go tell. Because if a confused mind says no, and you weren't confused when you said the words that you said, if after every word that you said, if you said, till death do we part, would you really change everything that you said? So I'm going to leave y'all with this. Here we are about to embark on this journey together. And episode five is just the beginning of what I believe will be a lot of hard conversations, but conversations that need to be had. I cannot wait because next week I'm going to have my very first guest. They are precious. They are real. (laughs) But most of all, they have always invited me to sit at the table with them. And when they invited me to sit at the table with them, it wasn't to be rude. It wasn't to be disrespectful. It wasn't to hurt me. It was because they made a vow to me that said, I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to walk you through this. You will get through this. And this, whatever this is for you, I want you to really stop, look at your garden, look at your yard, look at your card table, whatever analogy you need to look at that has more components than you came to the table with. If those things aren't pouring back into you where you have to till the ground, where you have to get so real, where you have to go dig up the roots to really make sure that your root system isn't what's broken. Rewrite your vows to that thing. And if that thing is something that you idolize, let it go. But if it's something that really pushes you to be greater, for the better, doing good for the world, for your life, for your children, for your spouses, for your careers. Girl, go make the vow. Go tell the story that how it hurt, but it was necessary. 
Because I can promise you this. In this season, I genuinely can say that the details of the vow that I'm going to hold on to are till death do we part, to love and to cherish, in sickness and in health, for richer and for poorer, for better and for worse, from this day forward, to have and to hold, I, Trinell, take this vow to go love everything that loves me, every dream, every God-given talent, every God-connection, every adventure and everything I put my hands to. Yeah. So the question for today would be, what is it that you really need to go and bow to? Or better yet, what is it that you need to go say that you no longer can bow to because you have something that you must bow to? That really is priority. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to accept my invitation to come into my home, to come and have a seat with me, but to allow yourself to actually be vulnerable enough to ask the hard questions, to enjoy the journey. Listen, I will always make this space a space where you can be free, where you can be who you are, but where you know that no matter what, when you get up from the table and walk back out my door, that the next time you feel like you just need a space, that you can always come back and have a seat with me. So until next time, do me a favor, go grab your best friend and tell them, hey girl, listen, I just found the new place that we can go and have those conversations. The ones that we sat around in the Taco Bell at 3 a.m. having, but a place where someone else just gets it. They're willing to get in the trenches with us. They're willing to cry, wipe our tears, Laugh really loud, but get uncomfortable with having the hard conversations. But more than anything, please know, you can always come knock on my door because I'll always have a seat ready for you.